0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia, and today we're talking... Uh, LA soccer, we're talking about what happened this past week before a lot of things went happen. Uh, it's exciting, it's also an international break. You got U.S. versus Mexico that upcoming this Thursday. We'll dive deep into that. Uh, but let me introduce my guest. We got from Total Galaxy, we got Alex Reese. Alex, how you doing?
0: Uh, doing good, as you can see, rocking the Barstow jersey. So they did pretty yeah. good yesterday. So it was fun to watch that for sure.
1: Yeah, classical. that was that was honestly that, that was surprising that they won 4 0. That was. Quite the beatdown. Um, I did not expect that. Obviously, you know Benzema didn't play, and you see that. You see, you see that they showed that image that kind of went viral. But they're playing Chabi ball. What do you, what are your thoughts on uh, the way Chabi has the team going? I love it. I, I love his system right now, um, and just the new
0: players they got in the winner, Ferran Torres, even though he missed like a couple of chances at the other time with Barca, Obama Young's doing really good. That was surprising to me. I'm surprised he's, you know, doing so good this early. And just overall, the young midfielders of like Pedri, Gavi, you know, they're, they're all doing really good. Busquets, even though he's old, you know, still doing his thing there as well. So, but I think the biggest thing from Xavi Ball is that Ousmane Dembele looks like one of the best players in the world right now. He looked really good and tortured Nacho for that first goal on that cross. So I yeah, hope he stays that... at Barca. But, you know, the drama when it comes to those kind of contract situations.
1: Yeah. I see this is Barker went ham. He said, what's up, guys? He said, I haven't been here in a while. What's good, guys? What's up, Isaiah? I hope you're doing well, brother. Um, yeah, that, that was amazing to see. I didn't I didn't watch the game. I just caught the highlights, but I, I was surprised. 4-0, that, that is pretty impressive. Uh, it just kind of just seems like it wasn't that long ago when Barcelona was not that good. Um, barely, it seems like it, you don't even forget, you kind of forget about that now with the way they're playing. Uh, they don't have Messi, but they're, st- they're still doing uh, amazing things. Um, but yeah, anything else you do this weekend outside of uh, watching Barcelona play? um not much really
0: not much just kind of you know taking a chill weekend did some homework and stuff finally got my math up brain going so i'm doing pretty nice
1: good now. nice that's nice, good so he said i know what's up and hope you're doing well um yeah i gotta rock, rock the mexico shirt you know they're playing they're playing this week uh, i'm gonna so get a,
0: a mexico julian arajo shirt soon so I oh yeah that, i got that's, that ready that's
1: gonna be dope hopefully he gets an opportunity to, to play because it's, it's a big game this week hopefully he's still the number six
0: Cause that's the number that I the put jer- on the back. Is that the? That's jersey what he was last time. Um, okay, I don't remember. He was he was last time in the World Cup qualifying. I hope he's number six again. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't I don't remember. <laughs> Did you already order? It? Is that what you say? Uh,
0: yeah. Earlier, I was like, it's in the cart, just waiting to be ordered. But I'm just waiting, <laughs> making sure all the numbers are released, and then I'll be like, okay, cool. I can press yeah. order.
1: Yeah, he said Andy. He says hey, let me, Alex, bringing the pressure with the Barcelona jersey. Let me get, go get my swag shirt. Right? Oh, hey Andy, you gotta wear the 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 Real Madrid jersey, man. I don't the know if you're gonna one. be wearing the-, <laughs> the black Real Madrid jersey. Yeah, we'll 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 see. We'll see. There we go, Andres. He says USA, USA. Hey, bring it on, Andres. Hey, it's gonna be a big it's gonna be a big game. I'm excited. I'm a, I'm gonna go down there. So I'm excited for this. Uh, but yeah. Um. Well, on the other side of things, we got to talk about the LA Galaxy. <laughs> it was not a good game. Let's put it that way. I think we just leave it at that. It was, it was a terrible game. It was a boring game. I don't know. Is that too harsh? I don't know. I don't think that's too harsh. Um, yeah, just a, a game where they just really couldn't get going. No.
0: Uh, aside from, like, the first half where they did create, like, some half chances, the second half was kind of hard, especially with uh Orlando basically parking the bus, midway through the second half it was really hard for the Galaxy to really get anything dangerous going I think the one chance they really had was when you know Efra kind of got down the byline and shot it right at Gallese you know he hurt himself there and then um, just the long shots from Depew from Kleschen that's all they could really come up with it was really a frustrating performance and you know it it was really a, a I guess bad day at the office Douglas Costa going down with injury um, Julian Araujo still in that slump right now where he just can't get it going. Um, Cabral as well just hasn't gotten it at all this year so far. And and then Chicharito just not getting the touches inside the box that he needs. So overall, kind of a bad day at the office for the Galaxy.
1: Yeah, and, you know, before we get more into it, this was a game that they they could have bounced back. Or ever, I think everyone was expecting to bounce back after, you know, um, a tough game a tough game against the Sounders. You know, this was a game that, you know, at home – you know, expected to bounce back, but it just wasn't the way it didn't play out the way it didn't go the way the Galaxy had planned. They did have some opportunities. Um, it was just, I don't know, just watching that game, it was just so tough to watch it because there were opportunities, but at the same time, they didn't capitalize on those opportunities. And you're at home, you expect to get a, a positive result also going into the international break, which which is unfortunate, you know, and I think you kind of uh, reading the body language you kind of saw a lot of the frustration on chicharito just on certain things you know obviously it doesn't help with douglas casa goes, goes goes off at halftime i mean that's very unfortunate you know we hope it's nothing uh serious and he's able to come back the good thing is it's an international break so whatever you know whatever he he's nursing everything like that is, is he's gonna have uh more than enough time to it's kind of like the back. right time to get injured per se I don't think there's ever a right time but yeah. Yeah, but I mean right yeah. now having a week off
0: it, it's you know you don't want to say it, but it's kind of the like right time to
1: kind yeah, of yeah, but a little injury. a little a little knock a little knock but but yeah you know. Um but yeah no 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 I it was I was surprised to see uh Douglas Costa only play 45 minutes obviously. Um uh, but I, I still felt like this team has a lot of talent to even though being down 1-0 to make things happen. Um I was surprised that – I've been surprised this whole time that, you know, Vlitch, um hasn't gotten more playing time because it seems like outside of uh, Chicharito, he's the only other player that's able to create for, him, for himself goals-wise, and I think that's what was kind of struggling uh, – that's what they struggle with this, this game. You know, and a game gets tight like this if Chicharito doesn't get those opportunities – then who else? You know, Douglas Costa's out. You know, Grant Sir came in in the 67th minute. But, you know, I, I just feel like Jovovich should get should get more playing time, especially, you know, when they're playing the way they're playing right now.
0: Yeah, I, I personally right now, after watching these four games, I think the Galaxy should switch to a 4-2-2. I mean, excuse me, 4-4-2. Really, I think it gets the best that Jovelish have him, you know, be the front man up front, Chicharito throughout this four games has, you know, come back deep a little bit, try to move that back line. So I think he's going to be okay if, you know, Vanny asks him, hey, you know, I need you to come deep, you know, kind of be a facilitator a little bit. Let Jovalich be the guy up top. And, you know, Costa has done really good when it comes to uh, the playmaking aspect of it, Douglas Costa. But, again, you kind of have to see how he's uh, doing after the injury. And then you're kind of hoping that with Cabral you're kind of giving more space for him to kind of exploit, even though he's he has – enough space and he has the touches in the final third to really do something, but just hasn't been able to do, do it at all. I mean, uh, I, I'm writing a column right now for like my notebook series. And like, I was looking through the stats and stuff. And this is crazy. Kevin Cabral is in the top five of touches inside the opponent's penalty area. And out of those top five, he's the only one without a goal contribution, without a goal or an assist. He has 29 touches inside the opponent's box and hasn't produced anything at all. The yeah, other players that other players thing. on that list are um, Derek Etienne from Columbus Crew has four goal contributions. Uh, Patrick Klimala from the New York Red Bulls has four goal contributions. Tyus Magna from New York City FC, he has two. And the other player that has uh, in that top five of most touches in the opponent's box is another player who I guess you know a lot of LA fans or, or followers of the LA soccer up show know. Uh, a player who kind of has struggled the last couple of years is Brian Rodriguez. So uh, it's an interesting list to be part of but you know being part of that list with no goal contributions at all is is very worrying cuz he's given these opportunities it's it's not easy to get into the opponent's box 29 times get 29 touches in there but if you can't produce anything at all that's really concerning
1: yeah look th- this was another let's put it the, there's no other way to put it it, it was another poor performance from uh, Kevin Cabral and it, and it's it's unfortunate cuz he had opportunities right you know he had a couple opportunities Inside the box, or that he, you know, could stretch out his form. Maybe he was a little bit taller. Maybe he could have, you know, I know he had an opportunity, a couple of opportunities in the first half. Um, But I think the the most frustrating thing about Kevin Cabral that that I've seen is his passing. It's, he 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 doesn't know where to p- place the ball uh, when Chicharito or someone's making those runs. Or it was always a lot of the lackadaisical plays that you know he he would be on the, on the sideline and, and trying to get past the defenders or he lose the ball. And all these different things, and I think that's what is so frustrating about uh Kevin cabral is is that like he's look, he's a DP player, so there's gonna be a lot of expectations. But when you when you get the ball stolen, when when, when you got on the on uh, their half, right, and, or you can't even cross the ball in or know where the run is going, I think that's the most frustrating thing. And I think this is one game that we actually, saw, I don't know if you saw this, but Chicharito was so frustrated he looked back at the bench. I don't know if you, I think it might have been the second half. Right? It was right before Cabral got subbed. Um and he was he was just frustrated. The way I read it was that he was frustrated at Cabral which is which is passing or whatever his performance. And and you see he got subbed at the 67th 60, 67, 67 minute. You don't get subbed out in the 67th minute unless it's an injury or you're not playing well or or, or whatever. And obviously the case he, he just wasn't playing well. Um but but I, I just think Kevin Cabral needs to do a, a lot more with the opportunities because those opportunities uh, are ve- they come very far and few between and also takes a lot of pressure off Chicharito. But if Kevin Cabral can't take advantage of those opportunities, it puts on so much pressure on Chicharito, so much pressure on all the other players. And on top of that, you got Jovelich, you got Grand Sir. You know, you got uh, uh, Efrain Alvarez. If he doesn't start, there's other weapons in, in, in the lineup. And I understand that maybe part of the dilemma that Greg Vanny's dealing with hey, we're playing, we're paying this guy so much. He's the guy I brought here to be my DP. But I, I look four four games in, I, I still think, you know, it's okay to ride Kevin Cabral. But if he starts having, he continues to have these types of uh, performances, then it, then it, the, that rope is going to get very, very, very thin because. Eventually, you're, you're going to you you need to turn these, you know, one zero losses to wins because you everybody knows what happened last year. And it gets to a point that, that that does not even matter visa a DP. You just got to put the best player out there. And that's why I'm saying, like, Grant, sir, Joe Village, We've seen those guys impact the game. And you just brought up a, a, an amazing stat. And it's probably an amazing set that not that many players want to be a part of. necessarily. I know Cabral doesn't want to be a part of that. But I, I just look if you're Kevin Cabral, you just got to do more whatever it is you just got to do more and be able to score um a lot's going to be expected of you and when you when Kevin Cabral doesn't have a bad game it it just gets that much worse because he hasn't had those type of performances right I'm not saying he needs to come out and score a hat trick or anything like that but pass the ball give a good pass you know make an effective pass impact the game in some way uh and unfortunately that that's not what we, we we didn't we didn't see that and I don't know I think Galaxy fans are okay to be frustrated if they are frustrated with Kevin Cabral.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm just looking here at the notes I took earlier. And, you know, Cabral's only had one successful dribble out of eight attempts and shot creating actions. He's number, he's ranked number 43 in MLS with 11. To put that in perspective, Raheem Edwards, who's the starting left back, plays deeper behind him, has 18. So Edwards is a more creative and more, I guess, dangerous player on that left hand side than Kevin Cabral is. And yeah, that's a pretty big it. red flag right there. I yep. mean, his progressive passing is. Pretty bad, too. Ranked 357th in MLS with 160 progressive passing yards. Douglas Costa is seventh in MLS, and that's that category as well. And the only thing Vanny said in his press conference was Kevin does things on the defensive end of the ball that I guess not many players can do or something like that around around those terms. That's what Vanny said. And, you know, yeah, I, I get, you know, yeah, that's a good thing about Cabral, but you're not paying him to play defense. You're paying him to be an attacking threat. And these stats that I've just mentioned prove that he's not DP worthy at all of being that DP attacking threat that can complete this Galaxy team. Because if Douglas Costa is going to be hurt and is going to need time to rehab, there's going to be even more pressure on Cabral to perform and you know be a more dangerous player. Because Douglas Costa has been pretty successful so far in what he's been able to do with the Galaxy through three and a half games.
1: Yeah, no, he, he he's excited. We look. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't he, this injury doesn't linger that much. But you're right. You know, uh, if that's what Greg Vanny said, it's like, you know, I understand he's still gonna ride. You know, he's not gonna throw Cabral right now under the bus. I don't think he would. But I think Greg Vanny also understands that he still has to support uh, Cabral in any way he can, and, and, and support him. But like there there's literally going to come a point in time in this season if this continues and the galaxy don't get the results that cabral is going to get benched it does not matter how much you're paying him you know that's going to be on greg Vanny. if greg cabral doesn't work out everybody knows that that's on greg Vanny. but the flip side to it is if they bench him you know i know we're getting ahead but it's not looking it's not looking positive right now for Cabral. but if they bench him and they start to succeed i think Galaxy fans would rather have a successful team with the DP on the bench, which is not the right, you know, it's not, it's not the right recipe. Um, and we, we may be getting further ahead, but we, I just, I just feel like if Cabral Cabral can't, can't have more of these games, because like you said, it just puts so much pressure. And I think Greg Randy said they needed another player, another player, another player that scored 10 plus goals or 10 goals a season. And that's Cabral. I don't see, I don't see Costa being that player. Uh, and maybe it could be Costa, and we may be selling him short, but I, everybody's expecting Cabral. I'm thinking Jovulich could be that guy. You know what I'm saying? I know Jovulich, he's he scored in no traffic. He, he, he's he been able to step up. But there there is, there is other players on that bench and on that team that can make an impact if Cabral's not doing that job.
0: Yeah, um, just these stats that I was looking through, man, they're pretty depressing, to be honest.
1: Like,
0: <laughs> this, is, this is a DP player. He's not doing anything. You know, the Galaxy are national TV for their first six, seven games, though, everybody's seeing Kevin Cabral at his worst right now. And there's going to be a lot more pressure as the year mounts, for sure. I mean, there wasn't more than enough already at the start of the year, especially considering how, I guess, a good preseason he had, scoring three goals. You know, you haven't seen that kind of Cabral. And I don't know what it is, whether him kind of just being shying away from the moment or just, you know. Him just losing concentration, focus, decision-making. I don't know what it is, but he's getting himself in good spots. Like I mentioned, he has 29 touches in the box, tied for like second in MLS. So he's getting in dangerous spots. He's just not doing anything. So it comes a point where you decide this player just can't can't be a finisher. He he can't be it. Like with Cabral, the whole focus was, hey, you're going to be a goal scorer. You're going to kind of be – we're going to transform you to be this dangerous player. And so far he hasn't looked like that. He looks more like Samuel Grancier than he does – uh, An attacking play. player. And there's no disrespect to Sam Grancier. It's just that he but I wasn't Gris, marketed.
1: Grancier's more effective. I yeah, Grans... he, but
0: Grant Sears wasn't marketed as a goal scorer compared to Cabral. is a great support player. I personally am a big fan of his play. I think he would fit a lot better just on that left-hand side because I think mm-hmm. he, he gives Edwards a bit more flexibility, but we can get onto that conversation later. But uh, think and Cabral are basically becoming the same player. And that's not what Greg Vanny ever envisioned because Cabral was supposed to be that goal-scoring threat. And through four games, these trends look like he's gonna have another dud of a year.
1: Yeah, and look, I I hope that's not the case, and you know, I think everybody is hoping that's not the case, and he's able to turn it around. But these early signs just don't look good. And uh, it's good; it's probably good that he has this international break to focus more on things. But it's like, man, the, I'm I'm serious. When I, when I see his passing, his poor passing, and not understanding Chicharito's run, is where the ball. Because even the announcers, I don't know if I I, I caught the game, I, I rewatched the game, even the announcers are like, <laughs> I swear I swear that this is what they said. This is along the lines. I, I don't have the word for word, but it was like Chicharito just made three different runs inside the box and, and, and Cabral hasn't done anything with the ball. It was something like even like, you know, the announcers that don't watch the, the, the Galaxy on a consistent basis uh noticed that right away, you know what I'm saying and it's like there's only so and I think that's why you saw the fr- I saw the frustration in Chicharito with Cabral because it's like where why aren't you passing the ball? Why don't you understand where the ball needs to p- place? Um you know and, and I think and, and I, I don't know, I just think all the criticism he's getting, in, you know, us talking about it, I think it's pretty fair, but I, we, I also want him to turn it around. I literally want him to turn it around because he he he's shown flashes that you can sign him but I just don't under, for me it's just, I don't understand why his passing is that bad when it, it it just doesn't have to be you know he just has to look up he just uh, he has to know where where Chicharito whoever's cutting, is making those runs you know so we'll we'll see good thing the international break is coming up we'll, we'll see what happens but you know that leash is getting very very short especially when the team is has back to back losses i don't think i don't think you can continue and giving more 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 room for for Kevin Cabral to to continue to play this way. Um let's talk about from one thing um what's one thing I don't know if if, if there is this one thing but is there anything you liked out of this game Alex um, I, I will say I think Seiko Kolabali had a good game,
0: in my opinion. I think so far he's been the most improved Galaxy player throughout these four games. Last year, we really saw him struggle when it came to recovering with defenders kind of how to use his body because Sega's a big dude. He's tall, he's physical. Um, and that's really what stands out with him as a center back. He's a big physical commanding presence. And you kind of wanted to see that more this year. And I think there were a couple of times during that last game against Orlando where Sega, I thought, looked really good, not only on the ball, but I think his defense positioning and awareness was really good as well. I think there was a moment where it was just uh, Facundo Torres had like a wide open space and then Koulibaly just bodied him and, you know, shielded the ball well around and then just got it out there. And that was really impressive, you know, um, considering that, you know, Koulibaly's is kind of known for like these these moments where he, it, it, it seems like an error is about to happen, but, and this game against Orlando, he looked solid, and I liked him. Uh, Nick DePew, I don't think, had a really good game. He looked really slow um, for the entire game. And I think Derek Williams and uh, Koulibaly is the pair just waiting to happen. And, you know, we still are yet to see Derek Williams um, play. Who knows if he'll play in uh, Portland. But uh, I think right now, say Koulibaly has really turned it around and has looked like the most improved player on this Galaxy roster so far.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that that's, that's definitely a good note a very positive note. That's what you expect. Hopefully, you know, he's been a hot and cold player. You know, when he's cold, it's cold. When he's hot, he, he does things like he did uh, uh, this past weekend. Uh, another thing, I i know it was one play, but also Raheem Edwards on that one-on-one. I think it was two versus one, and he got that slide tackle. Yeah, I, mean, I was there. looking at that earlier. That, yeah, that yeah, slide really tackle was, was impressive, and I think just seeing how – uh Raheem, ever's just, you know, four games in and has been able to adapt to play to understand that he's playing left back and he's been solid four games. I know that's there's what 30, 20 more games, 25 more games or how many more games are left. But first four games. I have been very surprised and, and very happy for him because, you know, he he's putting in that for and he really shows that you know what he can do. And obviously last year was last year, uh what we what he where he played. And I think this year is this year, you know, what he's doing. And I think, you know, if you're if you're a Gaxi fan, I know there's been a lot of questions on the defensive end, but I think, you know, having Raheem Edwards there uh and having being able to make those tackles and, and be able to impact the ball on the left hand side. Yeah, I'm just more interested to in what happens after the, this break because what it's the the timbers and then yeah timbers and afterwards and then, then they'll yeah LFC afterwards so it, it, it's one tough game after another. You go away to Portland and then you come back. You know it, the only player that's leaving well, well maybe Savaleta, Junior Rajo, and is there anybody else?
0: Uh, Raheem Edwards is on the like uh, the extended list. So if anything happens at the Canada roster. Edwards is going to be called up immediately. So that's the if something happens. But so okay. far the only outgoing players are Araho and Zabaleta.
1: Okay. Well, I don't I don't think it's that bad then. You know what I'm saying? If if it's just Araho, it's it's not bad. You still got mo- most of your group together, you know what I'm saying? Um yeah, outside of Raho, you you still have most of your group together to practice and do all these different things. Um so I, I think if you're the LA Galaxy, um this is this is a great week to you know get things going again. You know, take that break, whatever you need, but to focus on things that you actually need to do because it's you know you don't want to you don't want to start this next two games. They're they're going to be more difficult in and, and going and on the slump because you know the Timbers are going to be a very very difficult team um, anytime you play out there in Portland. But yeah, let's let's, let's talk about uh, us versus Mexico because uh, we don't we don't really need to talk about any more about this game. It happened. We know what, we, what happened. Uh, how you find How you feeling about U.S. versus Mexico this Thursday World Cup qualifiers? Is a, is a big game for both both countries?
0: Yeah, um, I was writing my my script for a TikTok I'm gonna make about the game, but uh, yeah, it's TikTok. gonna be the biggest game probably in the history of the United States of America. I mean, you've beaten Mexico three times. Might as well stamp the flag in the Azteca, right? <laughs> it's, it's 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 if we'll the U.S. Be the U.S. can make a big statement here because look. They're without Weston McKinney, their best player. They're without Brendan Aronson now, who's a literal machine running around. It's no Serginio Des. Um, you don't really know how Zach Steffen's really doing because he's really suffered a lot of kind of back injuries with the national team. And then as well, just having the urgency of needing to qualify for the World Cup, making a statement in Mexico, I think this could be a firework game. Like one of the best U.S.-Mexico games could be on display on Thursday because Mexico have to defend their house, right? It, it's embarrassing by Mexico standards if you're beaten by the US four times in a year. And if the US gets their first win in the Azteca, then the, the this is the US, the US will run Conca from now on. If they get that win in the Azteca, I don't see Mexican soccer advancing as much compared to the advancement that US soccer is making almost every single year. And I think if the US just win this game, you know, just have four consecutive wins against Mexico, then this next generation, not this one, but the next ones, the next ones afterwards, it's just going to be the U.S. dominance from now on. That's that's what I think. I think Mexico, if they lose this game, they aren't coming back. And I think America is going to take over as the kings of the CONCAF region
1: over Canada. I don't know. I, I still I still I still feel like Canada is still still up there. But I, I see your point. I, I see your point. We're looking at the standings. Obviously, Canada is number one. Um with 25 points, US is number two or 21 points, Mexico number three or twenty-one points, Panama 17. Uh oh, excuse me, number four was 17 points. Yeah, a lot of things could change because if you're the US, you don't want to lose. If you're Mexico, you don't want to lose. It's always tough playing at Azteca. I was there the last four years. Um, it was the one one tie. Mac- Michael Bradley had that half half field shot, and then Carlos Vela ended up tying it. Um, yeah. Uh, look, I'm gonna be there this Thursday, so I'm I'm looking forward to a lot more fireworks. You know, he, these these games are always the most exciting, even though the, the 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 U.S. men's national team is without without you know a lot of the players, um, you know McKinney, Zach Steffen, uh, Dest. This team is still very talented, you know, but it's also limping its way. Towards the final stretch because these are the last final, what is it, three games they're playing? Yes, Each final coach? three games. And final it's scary because there's
0: still a scenario where the US can't qualify and a scenario where Mexico can't qualify. So yep. it's 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 really an important game. Um, you know, Canada just need one point and they're already in yeah, uh, the no, World I don't, Cup.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody's necessarily worried Canada is literally like you don't want to be the, the team that doesn't qualify and everybody remembers what happened the last what happened the last four years with uh with the U.S. So it, there's a lot of pressure. It's not going to be an easy game when they play this Thursday. Um, I'm looking forward to it, man. It, 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 this game is one of the best games. If you guys ever get an opportunity, I recommend to go to Azteca uh, with friends and family. And, you know, be safe, you know, because it gets a little rowdy. But uh, you know what's crazy about this one? They're, they're making everybody get, like, fan IDs. Yeah, they so are. They're going to go there. But they're going to know who went and who, who got yeah. there, who got got their ticket and all these different things so obviously we know what happened um you know and and, and on athletes we don't need to get into that but that way i think they identify every single person that comes into the stadium and knows you know something were to happen or anything like that uh, yeah and also me,
0: try to get rid of the chant as well i think so yeah yeah
1: exactly for me i don't stuff. i don't feel like not safe i don't know i know some people may feel that way if they haven't been there um but yeah i'm, lo- I'm just looking for a great time uh good atmosphere and you know hopefully you get Mexico gets good, the win, yeah. you know. Nah, USA and, uh, gonna win. America's gonna win. It's <laughs> the win, and I'll send I'll send you a, a selfie, Alex. Yeah, okay, yeah, selfie. This is this is a selfie win from right, <laughs> right, yeah, right yeah. down
0: there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I don't think I've ever talked about this, but the the time uh, I feel like it's kind of like P- PTSD for like a lot of US fans. Like you remember where you were when the US didn't qualify. And I don't think I've talked about this, but I think it's pretty funny, but when the open US up didn't your qualify, feelings. go ahead and open but when up the your US feelings, didn't Alex. qualify for uh, the World Cup last time, I was in a graveyard. and it was really funny at the fact that I was there <laughs> and the US didn't qualify. So, I haven't talked about it, but I think it's pretty funny looking back at it. I was just thinking about it today, so it was pretty funny.
1: That, that, I mean, that that is very dark and sad, Alex. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get worse than than being in a gra- Why was it a funeral? I'm assuming? you know. Oh, uh, no.
0: I I was filming uh, I was on set filming like a Halloween movie.
1: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's why I was there. Yeah, I keep seeing this around uh, Carlos C on YouTube. He says Mexico needs to miss the World Cup in order for the league and the Federation to make the changes that are needed. Yeah, look, that's also a possibility. Do I want that to happen? No. But do I see the point that I keep people saying that to kind of wake them up? Yeah, I do understand. Yeah, it makes a good point.
0: I mean, it happened with the U.S. I mean, look now, since those four years ago, they're exporting more players to Europe. You're seeing the caliber of soccer grow in the country. And I think Mexico, it's such a traditionalist country, right? Very, very conservative country. I mean, it, it shows by the roster. I mean, they called up like four goalkeepers over the age of 34. And, you know, um, just having all these veterans playing out there. I mean, you're finally seeing kind of a changing of the guard in some of the positions for Mexico. I mean, they have basically blacklisted Chicharito, you know, kind of moving away from him, even whether you know Mexican fans like him or not. But missing the World Cup for a country as big as Mexico is definitely going to wake up the the federation. It's going to wake up the next generation of soccer players. I mean, look what it's done for the U.S. It's done wonders for the U.S. It's been a blessing in disguise for the U.S. It's made well, we this still have to see if they qualify. Yeah, it's yeah, we it's we still all up in the air. I,
1: I I agree with everything the exportations, but we have to see these these final three games and what happens with the U S but yeah, no, without a doubt, the U S has exported more, but the biggest surprising thing is Canada and the way they've been able to, to do what they do, even with the, with so much sound that the U S has. But we'll see. Uh, We'll see what happens. This, this Thursday It's going to be exciting. I will send you that photo, Alex, when we get that dub. With smiling and everything. What if it's a tie? What happens if it's a tie? Oh, God. You would say that. We don't want a tie, Alex. But what we if... Had a, okay. We had a tie. But what if it's, like, one of those, like... Uh, no one wants a tie. ...Montreal, where it's, a, like, the, 3-3, like, is, game, okay. winning, game tie and going. last You minute. give me a 3-3, three, three, may, maybe I'm okay with it. But I, if you give me a 1-1, one, one, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, you, there needs to be a fireworks. There needs to be a winner. Because they... St- they I mean, if both teams tie, they, they, stay, they stay in the same spot they in. Yeah, it doesn't work in. for anybody. Yeah, but if Panama wins, then that's pressure right animal so. plays
0: canada so i mean that's kind of a, a little bit of i guess a little help for
1: the well, u.s or if Mexico. costa rica wins then that brings up more pressure but yeah these, these final games are not going to be easy but with that said alex i want to thank you for having me on my brother hopefully you have an enjoyable rest of your week and enjoy the uh international break thank you